Welcome to the Night Shift. It's episode 39 as we head into the last few weeks of the regular season in the OHL. The London Knights are down under 10 games to play now, and they have a northern road swing coming up that we'll preview later on in the week. My name is Mike Stubbs, along with Kyle Grimard. You can find Kyle on socials at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can find me at Stubbs980. Send along any feedback to Mike at 980CFPL. You can find this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, globalnews.ca. We have two games that happened right at the end of last week to talk about, Kyle. We are going to draft the most dangerous team to face in the playoffs in the Western Conference. We could sit and debate it, but it might be more fun just to go by process of elimination. That way we cover everything and we'll wind up with one team left and we'll declare them the most dangerous team to face in the Western Conference. But we should start off with a celebration. Pop the champagne, Kyle. The London Knights are Midwest Division champions. Yes, they are. And they accomplished that feat without really having to play a game. It happened over the course of the weekend. The Owen Sound attack losing back-to-back games, which then ensured London. Uh, they cannot be caught anymore and are uh, on top. So we'll be guaranteed a top spot in the in the conference going into the postseason. So I believe, Mike, if I'm correct, either the number one or the number two seeds. So they're... They're locked in. They're ready to go. And, you know, they're, they're still gunning for more. They're still gunning for the conference. They got a couple points up on Windsor with, like you said, nine games remaining. And it's we're going to find out down the stretch where London falls into. They, keep, they stay on the road for a little bit, but they do have games to end the season against Windsor, Windsor, and Kitchener. So those <laughs> are going to be very defining games for them. Those are. That's not an easy weekend at all. And those teams could be playing for something. Windsor and London will probably still be competing for who's number one and who is number two. Kitchener is still trying to climb up. This is a team that, and this is how hard it is to move in the standings. The Kitchener Rangers are unbeaten in regulation, 4-0-1 in their last five and they haven't changed their positioning. And in fact, they really haven't gained much. They've gained two points on the Flint Firebirds. The Owen Sound attack and the Flint Firebirds are right now tied for sixth. They have 63 points going into this week. Guelph has 65. They're in fifth. And the Kitchener Rangers have 60. Kitchener and Guelph are about to play each other, so that becomes an important game. Kitchener and Owen Sound play each other two more times, but if the Rangers are trying to climb up, and I'm interested to see where they wind up in our draft of most dangerous teams to face, because I don't think they're going to be the third team off the board. I think they're going to be a whole lot higher than that. Yeah, I I agree with that one too. That's going to be a lot of fun. We'll explain that in just a little bit, but you know, the London Knights didn't have games on Saturday or Sunday. We had to go back to Thursday, Mike, where speaking of London versus Windsor, they had a marquee matchup on the road in Windsor and London finds a way to take down the Windsor Spitfires and gain a point on them while still having a game in hand in the schedule. And this was a game, Mike, that saw once again, the London Knights come back in the third period to tie the game and ultimately for the first time all year, beat the Windsor Spitfires after they were leading after two periods. 
The Windsor Spitfires, Kyle, going into the third period on Thursday when leading after two were 32-0-0-0. This is just a team you do not come back against. And then right away, Brody Crane, bar down. I mean, this was what all the kids like to do. They practice this in the driveway. Crossbar, down. And he ties it. Windsor goes ahead again. Ruslan Gazazov ties the game with his 20th of the season. And then with the Knights' shootout victory... Windsor is now 32-0-0-1. The first blemish on the Windsor Spitfires when leading after two. But this game seemed to take a lot out of both teams. The Knights didn't seem to have much left the next night against the Sarnia Sting. And Windsor went on to lose twice. They lost on Friday. And then Sarnia ended up beating them 9-6 in this wild game on Saturday. So this game took a lot out of both clubs. That's just what it was in order to even get themselves to a shootout and really we we can focus in on a couple of things one is Brody Crane and his play against the Windsor Spitfires this year he now has seven points in four games against the Windsor Spitfires and we asked Knights assistant coach Dylan Hunter about this because he's been there as a player you go into certain arenas he's been there as a coach you watch what happens with players and we asked you know is this just one of those statistical anomalies or really do some players play better against some teams. It's funny enough. I mean, some guys, I mean, you're right. Sometimes it's just the way you play where you go on the ice. I mean, everyone has tendencies of, you know, where they get their shots from. And sometimes the way the team systems are, it, it leaves you open in certain situations. But, you know, I know from experience where it's not certain barns, you just feel better in some barns, you feel terrible. in. you know, it's going to be like, oh my God, it's, it's going to be a chip and chase for me tonight. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we need them. I mean, we need somebody to be good in Windsor and against Windsor. They're a tough team and he's the guy. There were players who used to say, when you went into Sarnia or Barry for an afternoon game, that was one of the toughest places to play because both of them have an added element, Kyle, of sunlight that actually streams in. And if you have kids who play minor hockey and you wind up playing at the Progressive Auto Sales Arena in Sarnia during the day, they'll tell you this, but it's not as bad as it used to be because now they've they've got something on the glass that almost acts like sunglasses. And so that helps to block out the sun. But when that building first opened, you could bring the puck across the blue line. You could take one turn and all of a sudden you see nothing but the sun blazing into your face. So there are some arenas that get Give you maybe a a little bit of a different look and maybe it's one of those ones as dylan says that uh it's gonna be a chip and chase day for me but wild to look brody crane big time performances against the windsor spitfires and you said it kyle they play them twice more gonna need a few more of those big time performances Gonna need a few more. Yeah, and they could be very, very decisive games as well. And and just you know, you look at the stats, you watch the highlights of that game, or if you had a chance to to watch the game in entirety as well. You know, these are continuously close matchups with these teams. I both I think both teams are well aware of how good each other are. And there's a lot of respect there for either team. And you can tell with the back and forth. And no team ever thinks they're out of a game. No team ever, you know, automatically goes, Oh, we've got it in the bag because they're aware of who's on the other side of the ice. So that's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch. Two of their last three games of the regular season against the Windsor Spitfires. And, you know, Mike, like you said, the game took a lot out of them. And you could tell based on the box score alone when the Knights went into Sarnia to play this thing. Now, the Sting, they went up, they took care of business, they won 6-1. This is a very seldom situation. And this is where I could tell, Mike, that London just seemed to have a lot of gas taken out of them. They are, I would say, about 90 to 95% of the time, they are victorious when it comes to the face-off dot. 
this seems to be one of the first times that I can recall them losing fairly significantly in the face-off department. 37 wins for Sarnia in the face-offs to 21 for London. That's not a sight you normally see. No, it isn't. And that's a really good marker because what the face-offs lead to? Puck possession. What are the London Knights? A puck possession team. And when you have to fight to get the puck back all night, yeah, you're kind of fighting from behind right away. And Sarnia is as opportunistic and as dangerous as it gets, especially on the power play. Their power play is becoming increasingly frightening. And it cashed in early. And yeah, that that ability to just dig deep and come back was not there. The Knights just didn't have it in them. They looked tired. So now they've had a few days at least to get themselves rested up. And I think that's an important part of their schedule because when you look at the teams that they had been facing, it was Sarnia four times in 15 days. It was Windsor three times. And then it was Guelph and Owen Sound. So you had it. And then they're throwing Kitchener there. They had played eight games in a row and only one of them had been decided by more than one goal. And that was the loss to the Owen Sound attack. And that was, you know, with an empty netter at the end. So that was almost like a one goal game as well. It was a rough schedule, a hard schedule. One of those ones that gets you ready for the playoffs, which is good. But I think they'll look back at the Sarnia game and just say, hey, you know, that's that's just one of those games. A lot like the Owen Sound game after beating Sarnia a couple of Friday nights ago. Same sort of thing where you have such an emotional lift and then it drains you. So now we have the sprint to the finish. Zach Bowen needs a mention because very few times when you see a 6-1 score, do you want to talk about the goaltender who didn't get the win in the game? Zach Bowen made two of the most incredible saves in that game. One off Marcus Limpar Lance. If you can go back and watch highlights, do it because he made a, he made a save and then the puck came right back to Limpar Lance. And he got a good shot away. It was off the ice. And there is Zach Bowen lunging to his right to knock it away. And then the same thing happened to the opposite side of the net in the second period where Zach Bowen makes a save. Rebound goes right to Ty Voigt. This guy knows how to score. For a while, he was leading the league in scoring. And there comes Zach Bowen across the crease to get it with his gloves. So really impressive. We'll look ahead to the weekend as the Knights head north to Barrie, Sudbury, and North Bay. The one other thing we should mention while we're talking goalies, though, Kyle, is Brett Brochu, because it's time to add up his career shootout numbers. Brett Brochu, in his entire career now, after the win in the shootout against Windsor, is 8-0. and This man has never lost a shootout. Not only that, he has faced 37 shots, so 37 breakaways. He has stopped 30 of them. So he's been in eight wow. shootouts. Think of that. Eight shootouts. He's allowed seven goals in eight shootouts. And that's a save percentage on breakaways of 810. There are goalies who come through certain games and their save percentage is not 810. He has it on breakaways in a shootout as pressure packed as it can get. I don't think we're ever going to see numbers like that. If he can hang on to this 8-0, Let's start a new record book for the shootout, and Brett Brochu is going to be on the cover. I believe the best goaltender in the NHL in terms of save percentage and shootouts 
is Henrik Lundqvist. And I believe he's at about a 650 or 700 mark. And that's absurd for, <laughs> uh, for any league. But I have seen some, some save percentages in shootouts for goaltenders in the NHL in the three, 400 mark, like 0. 0.37 or 0.410. And that's about average because you've got guys with full clear cut breakaways on you who have all the power can do whatever they want. So for Brett Brochu, it shows his patience, shows his mental toughness and shows his, his compete and his ability to go out of his way and make sure that he is, he's staying in that and allowing the shooter to make the first move and follows with him. And yeah, 30 to 37 is insane. Good for him. It is quite nice to have that as a goaltender, knowing that you your player on your team and you've got that guy back there in shootouts, you have a lot of confidence going into those. And Zach Bowen's on his way because he's 2-0 this too. year in shootouts. So maybe he's climbing up that very same ladder. Let's finish off the podcast today, Kyle, doing something different. We thought, you know, because we're getting closer to the start of the playoffs, let's look at who's maybe the most dangerous team going right now. And we could sit here and try and debate nine other teams in the Western conference. That's just a lot of going all over the place. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to draft them one by one. So essentially process of elimination in terms of dangerous teams to face in the playoffs in the Western conference. And eventually by process of elimination, Kyle, we're going to be left with one and we will crown them the most dangerous team to face in the West. Yeah. So we're going to start with the least dangerous and work our way. So we're starting from, we're drafting least dangerous teams that we would more likely enjoy facing. And then as we get along, it's going to get a lot harder and harder and we'll find out. That's it. And this is from, let's say a Knights perspective. We won't include yes. the Knights in this. So this would be for London Knights fans to think about. And if you have it different, if you want to comment, please do so. Send me an email, mike at 980cfpl.ca and let us know how you would reorder things. But let's go. Kyle, do you want to flip a proverbial coin to see which of them picks first? Uh, let's do it. Okay. All right. Uh, you call it. Uh, let's go heads. It is heads. You okay. are first, my friend. All right. So are we picking all the teams just in the Western Conference? Just the West. Okay. And it doesn't matter right now if they're currently in a playoff position, right? It does so it's, not it's, matter. Okay. So I'm going to kick it off here. And this might sound, I don't know if it's going to be strange or not, but I'm not going to pick the, the very last team. I'm going to go with the Sioux Greyhounds. I'm going to start with the Sioux just based on where they're at right now. They're 3-5-1-1 one, one over their last 10 games. They made it very clear that they are not a team that was going to be competing. They, they, they let go of some of their, their bigger pieces at the deadline. And I also like London's game when they play the Sioux. You all, you notice this year, especially regardless of, of how good the Sioux is, London has always found a way to go into Sioux St. Marie and play them very well. And I think being able to go on the road into your opponent's building and play well I think bodes well with playoff hockey. So I'm going to start with the Sioux Greyhounds just based on how London has played them so far this year. I am going to select next. And this is a selection that would sound a whole lot better if this team wasn't on a four game winning streak. I'll give you the, the reason why I'm picking this team. I'm going to say Flint Firebirds in this pick. I'm going to take them off the board. And this is just because things tighten up an awful lot 
in the playoffs. And Flint does a great job offensively. They have a ton of firepower, but they basically match goal for goal. They're actually plus two in goal differential, but they've given up 253 goals. And that's the second most in the conference. And things tighten right up. And I fear for Flint in that way when they get into the postseason. So I'm going to make Flint the second team off the board. Okay. And I'll, Mike, I also just want to confirm too, are you picking teams that are currently in a playoff spot? Nope. How- you can nope, pick Anyone them all. Here. Okay. I could have picked the Erie Otters. You could and have. I, I went by them. And that's and that's where I will go on this one. Erie, who is currently sitting in their, their last place, they are also in top three in terms of goals against. They've uh, surrendered 249. Now, I understand the Flint pick because Erie every now and then they can find a way to sneak up and catch London sleeping, which I have noticed this year. And and sometimes Erie plays up and plays London really well, but based on where they are in the standings, uh, their goal differential is not spectacular. And I do believe that uh, at some point this year, London has been able to hang up seven, eight goals on them. So I'm going to go with Erie for this one as my, uh, as my next choice. So Sue Flint and Erie are off the board. Okay, so Sue was ninth, Flint was seventh, and Erie was tenth. That means that the number eight Kitchener Rangers have not come off the board. Okay, the next team off the board for me, I'm going to take the fourth place Saginaw Spirit off the board in terms of dangerous teams to face. Now, again, this team has been playing well of late. They are unbeaten in their last three. They have the ability to step up and and win big but in terms of you know looking toward next year a lot of their game breakers wound up in deals this year Pavel Minchikov was traded to the Ottawa 67s early on Josh Bloom went so Saginaw is definitely looking at next year they're going to have that zip in the playoffs of hey we're young and nobody really expects us to win this isn't our year but something is just making me take Saginaw the number fourth team off the board. So let's recap who we have left. We have the second place Windsor Spitfires. We have the third place Sarnia Sting. We have the fifth place Guelph Storm, the sixth place Owen Sound Attack, and the eighth place Kitchener Rangers still on the board. And I'm going to go for my next pick here. I'm going to take the fifth place Guelph Storm off the board. Guelph right now is fifth overall. They have a 30 25 4 and 1 record. But Mike, Ahead of them is a team, the Saginaw Spirit you just selected. They have a plus goal differential. The team below them in the standings, the uh, Owen Sound Attack, have an even goal differential. The Guelph Storm have a minus 31 goal differential. They have given up the, if I'm reading this correct, the third most goals in the Western Conference. I made the mistake earlier. Erie's actually fourth. Guelph has given up more goals than Erie and Erie is sitting in last place. The one thing that Guelph does, they can score. They've got 219 goals, but the minus 31 goal differential is something that I think could be concerning in the postseason. Even though Guelph won their last matchup against London, I would like that over a seven-game series for London to eventually squeeze by. And based on goal totals alone, I think the Knights have their number in net. So I'm going to go with the Guelph Storm. Love it because we need to focus more and it's easier to do this than it is to dig into a lot of the the major stats and a lot of the you know the the analytical stats that people will go on 
The goals for goals against is a really telling stat. As long as you go late enough into a season, we're late enough into a season. If you are not scoring more than you are allowing, there's an issue there and it can come and bite you. So good pick. Next up, I'm going to take the Owen Sound attack. Yep. And even with the Bayshore bounce, this is a club that can get hot. They've got a lot of scoring. Uh, Sam Sedley on defense can get scary. If they can get goaltending, and the interesting thing to watch here would be what they do with their goaltending. Carter George has been excellent for them. He's a draft pick. He's been playing with the St. Mary's Lincolns. When the Lincoln season ends, he will be eligible to join Owen Sound full-time. Where would he slot in? Would he be the goalie, or would they keep going with Nick Chenard? They've also got Corbin Votary, so an interesting one to watch. As long as you've got home ice advantage against Owen Sound, you definitely have an advantage because playing in Owen Sound, not easy, especially in the playoffs. That place gets full. It gets loud. The fans are on you. They do a great job. The Bayshore bounce is alive and well, but if you've got home ice advantage, you'll take it. So Owen Sound is off the board. So now that leaves us with three. Yeah. The Windsor Spitfires, the Sarnia Sting, and the Kitchener Rangers. Kyle? So I, this is, this is, I went back and forth here. This is a lot harder of a pick than you would assume. But after everything going down, I'm probably going to go with the Kitchener Rangers here. I understand that in prior years, London has been hurt by Kitchener. That seven game series was one uh, that, you know, uh, just recently that broke a lot of hearts, but on the year this year, the London Knights head to head against the Kitchener Rangers are four and one. They're six and two. They're six, two and two over their last couple seasons. And over their last five years, London is 23, seven, two and one against the Rangers, the Rangers as well. You know, goal differential. They are some, they are in the positives, but they have given up 206 goals this year. And they've only scored 215. London has better numbers in both categories. And I feel like it would have been a little too crazy to pick Windsor ahead of them solely because Windsor has 283 goals for this year. So even if they are given up 235, they can score their way out of a lot of problems. And like we said, we're talking about scariest and most dangerous teams that you would not want to play in the playoffs. I would, I would take the matchup over Kitchener over I would take the matchup over the Rangers versus the Spitfires so I'm going with Kitchener here okay that leaves us with two to find the most dangerous team to face in the Western Conference I almost went Windsor there I there was a debate in my head and that's kind of where I would have been and it's interesting that both of us are thinking that way where that was between Kitchener and Windsor I would have been in the same discussion notice the team that neither one of us were putting into the <laughs> equation so far on this pick I am going to pick the Windsor Spitfires. Now, it's almost like, where's that old coin again? Because Sarnia Windsor, flip it. You know, they're both going to give you an immense challenge. So is Kitchener. But they're going to give you an immense challenge. Windsor is a team when you have, and they've struggled with health recently. Shane Wright had been out for eight games. Brett Harrison suffered an injury in practice. But when you have Shane Wright, Brett Harrison, and Matt Maggio together, oh. They're really hard to deal with, and they only need a little tiny error. It doesn't even have to be a big mistake. A little tiny miscue on the ice, and they will shove that puck into the back of your net before you even realize they've got it. So the Windsor Spitfires are really, really dangerous, but I'm going to pick them here. And Kyle, I'm going to leave the Sarnia Sting because I really do feel 
they're the most dangerous team to face in the Western Conference. They've got goaltending, they've got defense, they've got scoring, and they've got an attitude that says we're coming. Well, and they did. They they let the league know when they made a few acquisitions at the at the trade deadline. They're going for it this year. Christian Cairo has been spectacular for them ever since coming over. He's had a great year. Sasa Pastizov for everything that you know he is as a he's as a as a, an all round player. Let's just say he's got eighty five points in fifty one games. He's got thirty seven goals. He was a very big catalyst in that six one win on Friday in Sarnia against the Knights. Luca Delbel Belouz has really fit in nicely. Nolan Burke leading the way with 43 goals on the year as well. They are deep. They can score. They can defend. And right now they are on a heater that I don't think any team in either conference would want to play them in the playoffs right now. They are 8-0-1-1 in their last 10, and that O is a great big O. No regulation losses. The Knights have found ways to beat them, but it has taken extra time to do it because how strange is this? There are two London Knight victories in that 8-0-1-1. Those are the only two losses that the Sarnia Sting have over their last 10 games. I also forgot to mention... I just forgot to mention Ty Voigt. They have two of the top four point getters in the in the OHL, and Ty Voigt with ninety, and then Pasajov with eighty five. So they're a scary team. They really are. Could this be the year that the Knights and the Sting meet up in a playoff series? That would only be fun. It is London, Windsor, and Sarnia one, two, and three in the standings, and they may be the teams to look at in terms of everything goes through those three cities. And how great is it that you want to talk rivalries? London and Windsor, London and Sarnia, those are London's biggest. Windsor and Sarnia, that's a big one. They are all huge rivals of one another, and we could see some long, drawn-out playoff series with all of those teams head-to-head. Before we get to anything like that, the Knights have a Northern Road Swing. We'll talk about that later on this week. We'll preview what is happening with Barry, with Sudbury, and with the North Bay Battalion. Kyle, thanks for this. We'll talk in a few days. I like the draft idea, Mike. That was fun. Uh, I think we should do a little bit more of that moving forward. That was good. Let's do it.